You're listening to the Human Business Narrative Podcast with your host, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Eastern European, Ivan Tamilkov. Yo, what's up, guys? Thank you for tuning in into another episode of the Human Business Narrative Podcast with yours truly, Ivan Tamilkov. If you are a first-time listener, thank you for downloading my podcast. I am truly humbled and most grateful to you. This is a podcast where we discuss human business, human centricity, entrepreneurship, digital marketing, social media, and special guests share their compelling stories to success and fame. The one major takeaway that you should be extracting from each episode is the importance of human centricity in entrepreneurship, business, and marketing. And before we go any further, before I forget, head on over to bit.ly forward slash human business to download your free copy of the five essentials of strategic human marketing. It's completely free. It'll give you a lot of great insight on how you can exercise human marketing tactics and building your brand, building your company, evolving your company, totally free to you. If you want to be a guest at the show, feel free to send me an email at ivan at razorsharpdigital.com and we will work something out. Guys, I'm pretty excited for this episode, episode four of the Human Business Narrative because I got a chance to sit down and chat uh, search engine optimization with none other, a veteran, a pioneer in the search industry, Mr. Bill Slosky. And if you don't know who Bill is, well, Bill has been in the search industry for, well, pretty much before there was a search industry, uh, to say uh, the least. And he is behind the famous SEO by the sea.com a blog. He's someone who has been in the search engine optimization space since 1996. So this guy, Bill, was uh, one of the first individuals who was involved with the first search engine in existence, AltaVista. And that's something that we talk a little bit about um, in this podcast. Uh, pretty excited to um, have Bill on the show to talk about the importance of search engines, the importance of search engine optimization, and how SEO has evolved to be a much more human-centric practice than just really to be considered as a, as a marketing uh, tactic. Uh, a couple other things that I wanted to chat about. If you haven't downloaded episode three of the Human Business Narrative podcast, I encourage you to do so. Uh, that was with guest Shama Hyder. And you still have a chance to win a signed free copy of Shama's new book called Momentum. I uh, definitely encourage you to check that out. It's a book that talks about digital strategies and how brands could succeed in the modern digital marketplace. Uh, go ahead and download that episode if you haven't done so yet. There's a couple of questions uh, that you can answer to get entered to win a free signed copy of Shama's uh, new book, Momentum. So with that being said, guys, um, I want to go ahead and turn things over to Bill and let him do all the talking. And I will see you on the flip side. 
All right, everyone, this is Ivan Temelkov here from the Human Business Narrative Podcast. And today I have none other than the SEO veteran, the SEO master, Bill Slosky. Did I pronounce that correctly? Hi, Bill. How are you? Yes, you did. Good morning. Good. How are you? Good, good. Hey, thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast. Um, you know, I, I I I would be lying if I didn't say that it's been a, it's been a while since I've been keeping an eye on the things that you've been doing in the SEO industry and how long you have been in it. And just really ecstatic to have you here. Uh, can you go ahead and introduce yourself? Not that you need an introduction, but tell us your story. What is your mantra? Sure. Okay, I'm not sure I have a mantra. Uh, <laughs> it's it's like not really being one wanting to be known as a guru, which is sort of a spiritual type thing. Uh, sure. I started working in promoting websites in the mid '90s when I had a friend who uh, said told me he hated his job. He was working as a service manager in a car dealership helping mm -hmm. people fix their cars and you want to do something else i was reading a book on uh incorporating businesses in delaware and helping people start businesses and, and the uh requirement for that business was to have an open office that you could receive mail at sure so you you represent someone as a registered agent with the state and you just receive mail for them in case somebody wants to sue them. Uh, you charge people $100 a year or so, and, and you uh, uh, hire, you, you uh, get lots of people to hire you as an agent, and you can make mm -hmm. a decent living. Uh, all we need to do is build a website to let people know that you wanted to be an agent. Right. And you help people incorporate. Sure. So, so we did that. We built the website. We uh, let people know about that. Uh, this was before there was a Google. It was before there was an Altavista. As a matter of fact, his sister worked for Digital Equipment Corp., which was the uh, creator of Altavista. And one day she sends us an email saying, hey, we just started a new website. You guys might be interested in it. <laughs> uh, and it was all Vista. Right. So we looked at we said, you know, we want to have this website in Altavista. Let's figure out how to do this. Sure. And uh, you used to have, submit one URL for your website at a time. And it had a FAQ, frequently asked questions section, that told us things like a uh, uh, meta keywords tag could have up to 1,024 characters in it. Wow, wow, a thousand twenty-four um, characters, <laughs> man! That's so many moons ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. So as a as a as a fellow SEO guy, you, you know, I'm just intrigued by some of the info uh, that you shared, and I'm even more intrigued at the story that you just shared about Alta Vista. You know, it just popped yeah. up, and you get his phone call, and it's like, "Hey, we're just starting out." Which, by the way, Alta Vista, you know, was about to be the next biggest thing since sliced bread sort of speak, right. especially in the SEO and, and search world. And, you oh, know, here here's Bill just kind of in the midst of it, right? Right. Before then, I considered myself a web promoter. After then, sometime after then, I considered myself an SEO. Interesting. But, but if that first search engine hadn't shown up, it would have been a while. 
Absolutely. You know, that's that's an interesting story that we started kind of <laughs> talking about how you got into, uh, you know, SEO. And when you started out kind of sharing that story, you know, it's very similar to a lot of the things that, that I hear nowadays with a lot of SEO people or even some some digital folks that they just, you know, kind of embarked upon it or stumbled into it because of interest. Right. And what's really yeah. interesting about you Bill is, you know, I, I noticed that you have quite, quite the diverse background. So you have a bachelor's, uh, bachelor of arts, right. For the from the university of Delaware, you have right. a doctor degree also from Widener university school of law. And you also worked for the highest level trial court in Delaware superior court for 14 years. And right. here you are, stumbling in the SEO industry before it was even an industry and before Alta Vista even existed, right? It's yeah. just mesmerizing to see how that came about, right? <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. So, uh, so I was helping a friend with this incorporation business in Delaware. The, the uh, fact that the business was in Delaware seemed to be really important. People wanted to incorporate their businesses in Delaware. They need the site needed to show up for searches that included the word Delaware in them. Mm -hmm. And I, I found a patent that talked about geographic search. And so I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to read this. I'm going to learn as much as I can about it and uh, apply it to the website. And it worked. It helped. That was... Uh, one of the ones that talked about uh, NAP, uh, consistency with name, address, phone number, mm -hmm. citations. Uh, David uh, Mim from Moz uh, cited my local search citation in, in the local search ranking factors that he's put together the past few years. Correct, correct. Because I, I wrote about... Uh, local search patents from Google and what they told us about, told us about ranking for local search. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the real question that I want to ask you, that is a fascinating story, honestly, especially for uh, a veteran like yourself that, you know, and it's really interesting because I, I can almost bet that there's a lot of listeners out there to uh, this episode that are, that are going to listen to this and say, you know what, uh, my story resonates with Bill's story. Uh, however, I wasn't uh, someone like Bill who started out over three decades ago before, like you said, you know, Google didn't even exist because technically Google didn't really start until around 97, 98, correct? Is that right? That was around the year when it was starting to form. And that was a couple of years, I think, after Yahoo was sort of, you know, trying to dominate the search market, right? Because they noticed or they, they, they captured a market share um, in the search space and they were really wanting to ride that wave for as long as possible. So you were sort of like in the midst, of, in the midst, impeccable timing, you know, getting in the search industry and, you know, sort of becoming a veteran in that, right? Right. So let me ask you this. What keeps things interesting in the SEO world for you? I'm curious. I want to figure out how things work. I want to have some idea. When I was doing the stuff with patents and, and geographic-related search, I wanted to get an idea of how it worked and, and apply it and see what I can learn. Now, there's new stuff now. Uh, we're looking at things like structured data and schema. 
and entities. And, and those are sort of the new area, the new things. When we uh, perform a search and we see knowledge panels for companies, companies want to be represented well in those knowledge panels. Uh, working with a car dealership recently, and the car dealership, you search for their name, and the knowledge panel that shows up is for the uh, service branch of their dealership. Mm-hmm. They want the uh, new car showcase showing up. So helping that transform, change, that search result change so that the new uh, car showcase is the thing that shows up is what they want. Absolutely. You made a couple of very interesting points that I, I think uh, we should really emphasize upon is that you mentioned visibility and you mentioned how uh, search has really sophisticated over the years. And I yeah. think a lot of it is because of the shifting um, landscape in the marketplace, uh, because companies want to be represented. You, you mentioned representation. You mentioned brand visibility right on right. the Internet. And therefore, and this is something that, you know, I, I wanted to ask you as well is, um, you know, in terms of SEO evolution or search in general, search uh, evolution, uh, you know, one of the most com- common misconceptions is that I think there's a confined mentality of how uh, SEO specifically works. So what I heard you say, and and correct me if I'm wrong, is that this is this is a moving target, right? Right. So this is constantly changing. So one of the things is as an SEO, as as a search individual, someone that's curious about the algorithms. It's it's a continuously learning endeavor, right? You have to continuously educate uh, to 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 find out what's happening in the landscape, right? Because a lot of it is driven by human behavior, also as well. If you if you pay attention, you can anticipate some of these things. Okay, okay. So there's okay. A... we we have uh, Google merged with or bought a company called MetaWeb in the mid 2000s mm-hmm. and the uh, head of Google search right now, John Giord, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but he's a guy who took off over for Amit Singhal. Mm-hmm. He was the head of machine learning at Google before he did that, but he was a chief technical officer at this MetaWeb and MetaWeb is where the knowledge panels came up with and uh, where the knowledge graph came from. There's a, a knowledge graph search API at Google now where you can search for entities and see what Google knows about those entities and what they have in their knowledge graph for them. So if you search for uh, Darth Vader, you'll see a bunch of uh, movies and books and songs. And uh, One of the things that shows up for Darth Vader is former uh, Vice President Dick Cheney, mm-hmm. I guess because that was his nickname at one point in time. Right, right, right. right. You made it, Yes, yes, I, I do remember that. Um, you uh, know, one thing that I wanted to, to ask you, because I think you were sort of implying this, is so do you believe that relevance is a key factor uh, in the SEO industry today in 2017? Yes, but... Uh, while SEOs are optimizing websites, search engineers are optimizing search engines. I see. Uh, so, so search engineers are trying to make search engines work better. 
mm-hmm. when I talked about MetaWeb and entities, uh, search engineers noticed that people were searching for entities. People would perform searches for Justin Bieber or, or uh, Donald Trump because they wanted to find out more about them. Right, right. That's uh... um, not, not, not to make this political, but people are curious. They, they want information. They will look people up. Uh, they'll look businesses up. They'll look brands up. Uh, and that's been increasing. Right, so it's increased curiosity of the end user, basically, and wanting to to discover the right uh, information. And with that being said, you know, the question I wanted to ask you is, in your opinion, do you foresee any specific uh, SEO trends in 2017? One that I've noticed is uh, has to do with with uh, schema with with structured data on web pages and mm-hmm. if you put structured data on your web pages you stand a chance of having a competitive advantage over your uh the other people in the same industry as you yeah absolutely and I, i'm glad that you mentioned that because i think that is something that's still heavily underutilized by a lot of websites out there so from what i'm hearing you say is is that there's still opportunity that's untapped potential that website owners can use to be able to provide information to end users that are seeking, uh, you know, information around those specific topics. Correct. I mentioned knowledge panels. And if you look at knowledge panels these days, you'll see many of them with uh, snippets of reviews in them mm-hmm. with, with uh, links to reviews across the web or critical reviews, mm-hmm. uh, not just contact information, though many businesses don't do that right. Mm-hmm. And you have to put uh, schema markup on your website to have that contact information start showing in your knowledge panel. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think those are those are key takeaways that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, there is there anything else that, that you see uh, aside from from structured data uh, snippets um, in 2017 that uh, website owners should be uh, mindful of? Uh, some of it's theoretical. Uh, I see. I see. Um, so, what are some of the things that you're currently working on? Things that I'm I I uh, do a lot of research that that sometimes ends up helping directly with uh, client campaigns. But sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's just good to know the answers to things. So is it sort of a market research related uh, type of information that that might enhance or complement the clients that you're working on? I'll I'll usually go through the patents that come out every week and, and see what they're about, and if it's a topic that interests me, I'll try to read through them and understand them as best as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when one came out two, three weeks ago, they talked about speech-related search and how uh, they, a search engine might understand pronouns that are stressed in a certain way when somebody's talking to mean one person over another person uh, 
it was interesting seeing how they might tell that from somebody's speech that they met one person over another person. Uh, the example in that patent was uh, who invented the telephone? Is uh, Alexander Graham Bell? Mm-hmm. Who was his? Uh, who is his father? Meaning Alexander Graham Bell's father. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's like John Milton Bell. Uh, then they said, if if a searcher then asks, when was he born? And the stress on the word he. Right. Right. Meant they were talking about Alexander Graham Bell's father, not Alexander Graham Bell. Mm-hmm. And and the the idea was that Google's using stresses when people talk to understand whom they they might be talking about. Mm-hmm. Now there, there there was an older paper that's like four or five years old. They had talked about uh, people's accents when they talk and how accents might be recognized and might be used to personalize search results. Oh, that's an interesting uh, discovery there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So the next question I wanted to ask you is, you know, obviously you've been in the SEO industry for a long time and uh, I'm sure that you get asked this or you run across uh, people out there that, that, that may ask the question of, you know, what tips can you give to um, SEO newcomers? And the flip side of that is what what tips could you give to seasoned SEO specialists? So someone that's starting out, what kind of advice can you give them? And for someone who's seasoned, how can you help them advance or, or what suggestions would you give them to help them advance with their SEO journey? I got an email yesterday from a kid who wrote, I'm an aspiring 14-year-old entrepreneur who wants to learn about SEO. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can what can you recommend that I do to get started? And I started writing a list of things that maybe he should read or try to do, and I turned that into a blog post. So I... I uh, wrote something that said, you know, take a look at the Google Starter Guide, uh, the Moz Beginner's Guide to SEO, and some other sources, and, and try to get involved in some other things like editing Wikipedia or uh, starting a blog on a topic that you really like and trying to get it to rank well for certain keywords. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Um, how about, you know, some of the seasoned individuals that, that you, you surround yourself with? Uh, I noticed that you do a lot of public speaking as well at uh, industry leading events that are particularly focused around SEO. So what advice would you give to, um, you know, a seasoned SEO specialist, someone that's been, you know, in the industry for five plus years uh, when they ask, well, Bill, you know, what are some things that I could be doing to help improve my knowledge? Okay, one thing I've, I've stressed to people who I've uh, had the chance to work with is to build a personal brand, to specialize in certain things, to become known as somebody who knows about those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I uh, 
read patents and learn from patents as much as I can. And I'll write on certain topics. I've been uh, writing about structured data and schema markup and featured snippets and things like that in the past couple of years because it seemed like a direction that the search engines, Google and Bing and Yahoo to a degree, if you can still call Yahoo a search engine, <laughs> can. Right. Uh, they're all sort of working on, on uh, being known for being capable of showing those types of things or uh, answering questions without providing lists of links. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so if you ask uh, Google, how tall was Abraham Lincoln? They'll tell you that he was six foot four. He was the uh, tallest president. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really interesting because you mentioned the word how. And one of the things I think it's important to notate here in, in your statement is that um, a lot of the search queries that, that are asking how to do something are shifting more towards providing more accurate information. Um, like, um, uh, I think that there's different websites out there um, that also return the same the same type of information, right? Um, when you're looking to do something, or um, uh, maybe even directions, or uh, I notice I think that even um, Google does some basic math and also uh, conversions um, on the metric system specifically when you're trying to convert uh, different metrics. So, uh, is that correct? There are, uh, search engines like Wolfram Alpha, Alpha, who answer, uh, math questions and knowledge type questions. Mm-hmm. There, there's a, a, search engine from MIT, MIT sale, uh, the start search engine, which has been, question answering focused for a decade and mm-hmm. does a great job of answering questions when you have them. Uh, Google's gotten better at it. Uh, maybe some of the other ones still have a bit of a lead on, on them, like a Wolfram Alpha. Alpha. Uh, but it's, it's in- interesting seeing how Google develops that and how they're growing. Uh, we're seeing... Uh, the rise of personal assistants, uh, Google Home, uh, Siri, mm-hmm. uh, Cortana, right. uh, Samsung bought company Viv uh, last year, and they're going to be. Uh, they were developed to some degree by the by a guy who worked on Siri for Apple, and. They're going to be a strong competitor. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, th- those are those are very good points there. You mentioned about the uh, uh, personal audio assistants. Um, so what I'm hearing you say is this, that you foresee also a voice search taking a, a much more uh, dominant role in in the SEO space, um, to where I think uh, you know uh, website owners and or uh, SEOs in general, you know, will start paying attention to maybe even to the point to where figure out ways uh, how to measure that, right? And even how to optimize around it, perhaps. Right. I've been uh, using uh, the Google Assistant on, on my phone. Mm-hmm. I, I got a Google Pixel 
and it, it uh, uses uh, Google Assistant. So I've been doing voice-based uh, searches for things like news about Google patents. If I just say Google patents, it'll give me uh, uh, one of the most recent Google patents that was granted. Mm-hmm. But if I want to uh, tweet about new Google patents, I have to say something like news about Google patents. Sure. So you have to be careful with how you phrase those queries. Sure, sure. One thing that that I wanted to make sure that I emphasize one more time, the question that I, that I posed to you about um, what advice would you give to seasoned SEO specialists? And you mentioned developing a strong personal brand, correct? Right. To, to where, and I think that's important. The, re- the reason why I wanted to re- reiterate it is because uh, I think in the SEO industry, you know, there's this sort of a scattered approach sometimes, even with uh, some experienced SEO guys. Um, so that was a really good point. Next question I wanted to ask you is, so you sound like you're someone that's very knowledgeable, someone that does a lot of research. Uh, what are some of your favorite SEO books or articles or publications that keep you interested? Um, go and say that I'm not sure that I have a favorite SEO book. Mm-hmm. I really do like reading the uh, Google blogs and, and the Google developer blogs. Oh, okay. Are, are worth uh, paying attention to because they put stuff up in those that most people ignore. Sure, sure. So that is it. Are you referring mainly to the technical aspect, or just in general that the information that they share and and finding individual application around that information? The information they share, they they've shared a lot of things about structured data in the past couple of years that people have ignored. Uh, see, I, I do have a, and, and pay attention to like the Google IO conferences. Mm-hmm. So I ran into a, a process from uh, Google IO 2013. It was called the invisible same as. Uh, I had a client who started out life with a name that maybe they ended up regretting at some point. Okay. They, they, they were a, a app developer, and they, they came up with a way to make quick payments using a phone. You, you would, like, uh, tap the phone on in front of a, a, a the card scanners, and it would automatically deposit using near-field communications. It would it would say, "Here's the credit card number." Sure. Here's, okay. Uh, it ended up becoming Android Pay. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. Very interesting. Uh-huh. So the technology. So, so so they started out as an app on just about every phone in Android phone in the U.S. because they were started it by Three carriers, Verizon, AT&T, and Sprint. I believe it was those three. Okay. So when those phones were released, uh, they all had logos from the company on them. And the company started out life under the name ISIS. Oh, okay. All right, so let's... 
Let's re- let's reflect upon this for a second. Company okay. under the name of ISIS starts out joint venture between three major communication providers, including uh, AT&T, Verizon, and Sprint, uh, based on what you mentioned. And then later, that becomes Android Pay. Is that correct? Right. It, it Well, it, they changed their name to SoftCard. Okay. Upon hearing of I, ISIS as a Middle Eastern paramilitary group. Right. Right. That's that's a that's a very interesting point, and you know that's important because uh, one of the things that you're bringing up, and not to get off on a tangent here, but uh, um, it's a really good point is um, a brand representation, right? Because um, from an SEO perspective, is that there could be a misconception from a branding standpoint. So yeah. brand related searches are important. And what's really funny about this is is that I have in fact on multiple occasions run across um, current or past clients that had an identical brand entity name as someone yeah. else out there. And in their mind, they never thought that that was considered as a brand clash. But from what I heard you say, you know, it's imperative from a visibility standpoint, from a search standpoint, to, to have some sense of uniqueness, right? So stand out. Right. So I was working with this client and I was doing an audit for their business, for the website. Mm-hmm. They had a blog where they referred to themselves under the name of ISIS for the first half the life of the blog. Wow. And, and the website still had them under the name ISIS. So uh, this Google I.O. conference came up with something they called the invisible same as, which is a way of marking up your name or the name of an entity and saying, it's this entity, not mm-hmm. this other entity. So there, there was a Wikipedia entry for this soft card, which used to be named ISIS. And there was a way to link every time ISIS was mentioned on the website with the Wikipedia article that said that there were the other ISIS. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's... Uh, using using uh, schema markup. That, that would link to the uh, Wikipedia article and which would tell Google th- this is the other ISIS. When someone searches for ISIS as a paramilitary group, don't show them this uh, uh, app developer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's uh, you made another really interesting point. So. Uh, one of the things, would you say that, that Google, and it sounds like from what I'm hearing you say, is this that Google draws information from Wikipedia to satisfy certain search results. Is that correct? If you look at Google Trends and, and you, you look up an entity on Google Trends like Chicago Cubs, mm-hmm. in the URL for Chicago Cubs in Google Trends, is a certain code that's a machine ID number. If you if you looked in the old Freebase mm-hmm. directory, it was the same machine ID number that was in Freebase, the one in Google Trends. Sure. So Google was tracking entities based upon trend type action, and and 
Uh, I wrote a blog post about this where I talked about how MetalWeb, uh, they were the ones who founded Freebase, would use machine ID numbers and would give somebody like Arnold Schwarzenegger a machine ID number. So every time it saw a mention of Arnold Schwarzenegger under one incarnation or another, he was the Terminator, he was a kindergarten cop, he was Danny DeVito's twin. Uh, he had lots of roles, lots of different names. Uh, but if they, if they used his machine ID number to refer to him, they were simplifying search for Google. Okay. Their, their ability to track trends involving an Arnold Schwarzenegger that was tied to the machine ID number uh, was easier than trying to track all the different names that were related to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. You know, and thank you for sharing that. You know, I think a lot of people, especially when you mentioned trend-related searches, you know, yeah. that's a very intelligent approach from Google uh, to be able to track uh, the specific uh, trend-related searches. So, you know, one question that's, that I, I really, really was looking forward to asking you is yeah. how social media, in your opinion, you believe plays a factorial role in SEO today? Okay, there, there are a few different ways. One is that uh, it can help you uh, understand... Uh, Trending-type activities. Uh, another is, once upon a time, Google uh, would crawl uh, websites on the basis of what they referred to as importance metrics. Mm -hmm. Different things mm -hmm. that, that said, these were the types of sites you should crawl. Uh, those might be based on Frequency of change, they might be based on things like PageRank, but, but another way might be uh, focus crawls on specific topics that would come up. And you could tell new topics that people tended to be interested in by looking at uh, social media. Right, so one of the things I'm hearing you say, and one of the reasons why I also asked this question is because obviously Google took a stab at the at the social media front with Google Plus, right? And and, uh, and they're still using it to that degree, yeah. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I think it was uh, it was recorded in history, I believe, that Google Plus was the fastest riding, rising social network in comparison to all the others. But one of the reasons why why I also asked this question is is uh, to sort of solidify the trendiness aspect of social media because from what I heard you say is uh, you indicated that uh, social media helps pinpoint emerging trends and yeah. that is imperative to search correct right and and if you look at threads on specific topics that people talk about at a uh, Google Plus mm -hmm. you get a sense of, of uh, what those topics are about, what types of words people talk about when they talk about a certain topic. Say they talk about scuba diving. They mention certain types of equipment, uh, boats, locations, things like that. It provides a lot of theme uh, to give a search engine an idea of what 
uh, types of things people might be interested in when when involves a certain topic. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, and and thank you for, so much for for sharing that as well because I think. The social media question is a very common misconception, especially today in 2017. Um, also, especially since uh, Google still indexes uh, tweets from Twitter specifically. And I think, yeah. you know, there's been a lot of pushing questions. Well, one of the pushing questions is that, you know, is Google interested in acquiring Twitter because they see interest in, you know, how they could make up and or perhaps experiment with a platform uh, in relation to what they try to do with Google Plus, right? Um, so uh, thank you so much for sharing that because I think it's important to understand how social media plays a huge role in creating trends that people yeah. search around and how revolutionary, for instance, uh, you know, one example is when the Grammy Awards are on, right? And everybody's chattering it up uh, on yeah. Twitter, for instance, and you go on Google and you start searching for the Grammys and you're almost getting real-time search results, right? Uh, yep. around the Grammy. So um, that was important to notate that. Bill, this has been an absolutely <laughs> phenomenal conversation. You know, uh, uh, I think some of the questions might have been too basic for you, but nonetheless, appreciate the wealth of knowledge that, that you've shared. Truly enjoyed the conversation. I have one more question for you. How can people okay. find you on the internet if they want to interact with you? I try to be visible. Uh I've, I post a lot of stuff in my blog, SEO by the Sea. Mm-hmm. I am active on the blog for GoFish Digital, where I'm the director of search marketing. Okay. I am in a weekly uh, hangout on air called uh, Bill and Naaman's uh, Focus Hangout. Okay. Okay. Like the name. <laughs> I love the name. Uh-huh. We, we do that on Tuesdays, mm-hmm. and it's pretty much, it's based on the idea that some of the best conferences were the ones that in the early days were where people would get together at pubs and talk about search. They wouldn't necessarily have topics or presentations, but they would have conversations. Very interesting. You know, you just dropped a not a knowledge bomb right there because uh, one of the things that, particularly in the social space that I've been hearing, is this that uh, pers- personality and, and community uh, is what a lot of social networks are really trying to strengthen also. And that really yeah. goes in line with what you just mentioned is that, you know, before conferences were conferences, you know, SMX and, you know, some of the others out there that, that I know, especially in the search industry, is yeah. that. Uh, these conversations were happening, you know, uh, at pubs or closed doors or, you know, conference calls or <laughs> emails, right? In the early days of email, right. Or right? When everybody thought that, you know, that was the, the most intelli- intelligent way to communicate um, online, right? And before even Gmail, you know, came about. Um, so right. it's very interesting that you mentioned that. Bill, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it. I think you've dropped a wealth of knowledge and uh, I want to make sure that the listeners are able to uh, harness all that information, especially with, you know, some of the advanced things that you mentioned about structured snippets and the evolution of search and some of the trends. And uh, also, uh, not to forget, SEObyTheSea.com, which I personally would highly recommend to anyone that's interested in SEO in general. Bill, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for stopping by. 
And oh, you're welcome. I enjoyed talking with you. And there you have it, guys. That was uh, the guest interview with Bill Slosky, uh, dropping knowledge bombs left and right. I hope you enjoyed the guest interview as much as I did. I think Bill shared some very interesting points and topics. And I want to take a, a few minutes to kind of recap those real quick. A few of the important takeaways that I think are worth recognizing and not to sound like a broken megaphone, I felt that it was best to reiterate is first and foremost, one of the things that Bill really kind of harped on a little bit was uh, the importance of building a personal brand and how that will serve of critical importance in terms of uh, search and visibility, whether it's a personal brand or, well, and a company brand, really. But from an individual standpoint, he was really emphasizing upon the importance of building a personal brand. Secondly, always focus on providing value and context to the end user rather than worrying about rankings. That was another thing that Bill was really talking about here and was stressing the importance behind value will always dominate rather than worrying about the rankings in search engines. Voice search and personal assistance will play an intricate role in the evolution of search engines. Uh, one of the things that Bill was talking about is foreseeing that in the near future, voice search will play a key role in terms of the way SEOs and companies will strive towards uh, optimization. Social media plays a big role in understanding the development of emerging trends that correlate to search. So in terms of uh, search engine optimization, search engine marketing uh, goes, social media is a complementary part of that. And it's important to factor in as well because, as I just mentioned, it helps you pinpoint emerging trends that correlate to search in the way that people look for information in search engines like Google, Bing, and Yahoo. And there you have it, guys. That was pretty much the extent of episode four of the Human Business Narrative podcast with guest Bill Slosky from SEO by the Sea. Before I sign off, a few things that I wanted to mention to you guys. Uh, I have not talked much about my YouTube show, The Biz Grind. It's a show that discusses business entrepreneurship, startups, digital marketing, social media, and the biz grind. The goal is to help other entrepreneurs, perhaps such as yourself, business owners and hustlers, maximize their online potential in today's competitive digital world. You can go to youtube.com forward slash Ivan Temelkov and get subscribed to the channel as it stands. Uh, daily episodes are being published of the Biz Grind that more or less kind of complement the Human Business Narrative podcast in a way. So if you're looking for another content resource, I encourage you to subscribe there as well. If you have not downloaded episode three of the Human Business Narrative podcast, then I encourage you to do so. This is an episode where you have a chance to win a free signed copy of Shama Hyder's new book called Momentum. This is a book that shows you how to apply the five essential principles you need to grow your organization and brand in today's digital age. Uh, it helps you propel your marketing and transform your brand in the digital age. So if you have not downloaded episode three, Make sure you do so. There are a couple of questions for you to answer there to become eligible um, as a participant in the contest. And we will be announcing winners most likely on the next episode as well. So that's it, guys. Thank you so much for 
tuning in to episode four of the Human Business Narrative podcast with yours truly, Ivan Temelkov. I hope you enjoyed this episode and especially the guest interview with Bill Slosky as much as I did. I truly hope that you have some takeaways from this uh, episode. Any questions, comments, feedback, always encourage. Feel free to email me at Ivan at RazorSharpDigital.com or you can tweet at me at Ivan underscore Tumulkov. And I'm also available on all of the social networks as well if you prefer to go that route. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, or LinkedIn. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. I appreciate you downloading this episode. And as always, keep it human. Peace out. 